Hey, Victory. Hey, guys. Hey, we got the whole Victory family with us today, so let's give it up for Victory Hamilton Mill, Victory Midtown, all of our family online. Hey, we got family in Mexico, Cameroon, and Nigeria as well. What is up, everybody? Hey, real quick, huge announcement. So, so excited for this. Hey, we're joining in celebrating you, Midtown, because we finally have a date. October 24th is gonna be our grand opening in our new Midtown building. Wow, we're so excited for that, it's a big deal. Um, hey guys, how many of you know that we have a generous God? Come on, that's, that's really what we're honing in here on over these few weeks. John 3.16 puts it in living color for us, the fact that God so loved the world that he gave, right? And that's the beautiful thing, that God didn't give us the leftovers, God didn't give us trash, he didn't give us the goodwill bag, God gave us his best. God gave extravagantly because God gave his son, Jesus the Christ. And even when we were at our worst, God gave us his best. Come on, Jesus, right? And here, here's kind of what we're diving into, that there is just something about love that produces generosity, that God so loved the world that he gave. When you love, you give. That couples who love each other give to each other. When parents love their kids, they give to their kids. Friends who love other friends will give to their friends. And if you love God, you will give to God, right? Because there's something that happens when we encounter the extravagant love for God for us, the love of God for us, that it gets inside us and it transforms us from the inside out. Uh, but here, here's the idea, guys. I totally get it. Let's just acknowledge it. That whenever we start talking about money in church, some of us immediately get nervous, right? Because our minds go to a lot of different places because we all have like different experiences. My, my mind goes to two complete polar opposites, right? Like part of my mind goes to these mental images of, of pastors in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s who are flying around in private jets, Rolls Royces, you know what I'm talking about. And the other part of my mind goes to churches that, that can barely keep the lights on. And when we think about it, most of us who grew up in church world grew up in one of those environments, right? Polar, opposite ends of the spectrum, right? That, that we either grew up in church environments that were manipulative when it came to money. So it was like the prosper, that like the pastor prospered, but everybody else suffered. All right, we all celebrate the pastor. Woo, look at him. I wish I could be that one day, right? Uh, or we grew up on the other end of the spectrum of the churches that were afraid to talk about money because they didn't want angry people coming up to them in the lobby afterwards and how dare you. And what happened was like the, the, the church struggled. Um, the, 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 the people in need inside the church weren't provided for. The community wasn't transformed and people never got God's heart about money. But I believe that God's somewhere right in the middle of all that, right? And this is why Martin Luther in the 1500s, here, here's why he says this. There are three conversions necessary. The conversion of the heart, the conversion of the mind, and the conversion of the purse. The conversion of the money, right? And, and here's the deal. Most churches like really kind of hone in on those first two, rightly so. The conversion of the heart, the conversion of the mind. But we actually see Jesus focusing on all three because he knows how important 
money is and what money can do to us. And so we do need a transformation of our hearts, right? Going from death to life. We do need a a transformation of our minds, learning to think about things God's way instead of our way, the world's way. And also we need a transformation of our money, how we think about and how we handle money. And that's really what this, these few weeks that we're in here on the series is about, is the transformation of the purse, the transformation of our pockets. And so here's what we did. Two weeks ago, we kind of dove into this fact that God has been so extravagantly generous to us that when we encounter that, we can't help but being generous back. Uh, last week, we dove into this powerful reality about maximizing the power of money. And today, what we're di- diving into, everybody give me a drum roll. What we're talking about, Midtown, Hamilton Mill, I can't hear you, come on. What we're talking about is tithing. <laughs> tithing. Now, some of you are like, what sort of fool would clap when we're talking about tithing? Now, now just give me a second, okay? Um, I would love to tell you that I tithe like out of the womb, but that would be a lie. Um, I was inc- I was such a selfish person, okay? Um, I grew up in church, and, and so I, re- I was remembering this this last week. That they, if you grew up in church, maybe you have the same experience. That they used to send like these little colored like cardboard boxes home, like little piggy banks right, like a, a time or two a year, and had the little slit at the top where you put your money in, and it was for world missions. And I remember being like, putting a quarter in there, like may, maybe a dollar if I was like feeling it, you know what I'm talking about, and like jiggling around, I'm like, wow, I'm gonna change the world with that quarter, because I didn't wanna give anything, I didn't wanna give away any of my stuff, like that was, that was so counter to who I was. In fact, I remember um, uh, my son Jeremiah, when he was younger, when we would go out to eat, he would actually like offer me some of his food. And I'm like, who does that? And he would actually offer his little brother, Isaac, some of his food. And I'm like, where did you get that from? Like he had to have gotten that from his mom because that is not who I am. Like when I was that age, I would have stabbed my brother with a fork if he tried to take my chicken nugget. Come on, anybody? Anybody like, come on, we got some stabbers in here. Don't be touching my food. Because <laughs> like, homie, homie don't play that, you know what I'm saying? And that's kind of where my heart stayed, right? From childhood, even all the way through my teenage years, that's, that's where it stayed. When I was at UGA, uh, go dogs. Um, I, I worked at the city planning department. I worked at uh, the car wash and I worked at Outback Steakhouse, Australia in Georgia, fake Australia in Georgia, um, waiting tables. And whenever I would get paid, I would, um, I would like give a few bucks that weekend at church because that's just what you're supposed to do, right? And I called that my tithe. But then I started coming to Victory World Church in 1999. Summer and I started coming. And I heard Pastor Dennis, the founding pastor of the church, preach on tithing for probably the first time I can ever remember in my entire life, I heard something about tithing. And here's the deal. He started reading um, this passage out of Malachi, where the prophet Malachi spoke. And, but here's the deal. Like, even growing up in church, um, you, is, is a kid reading the Bible when you're young? You never get to Malachi. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get to Leviticus and you stall out. Like, you might get to Numbers, but I promise you, you ain't getting past Numbers. Right in your Bible reading plan. You definitely don't get to Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament. You just jumped to Matthew, right? And he's reading out of Malachi, and I've never heard this before 
and my entire life. And here's what he was reading, Malachi 3, verse eight. And this is God speaking. He says, will a man rob God? And we all say, of course not. You know you can't get away with that, right? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you, God? In tithes and offerings. Therefore, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. So what's the solution, God? Bring all the tithes. Everybody say all the tithes. All the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not even be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. How many of you need somebody to rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. And I remember hearing this for the first time, and then he starts breaking it apart, right? He says that this is actually what God says there in Malachi 3. He says there's two things that you can do with the tithe. You can either bring it to God, or you can steal it. And here's the problem. You're not stealing from the church. You're stealing from God. And it's here in Malachi 3 that God tells us how much to give. All right, he says the tithe, all right? So the tithe, that tithe literally means 10th. Like the word literally means 10th. Doesn't mean $5, it doesn't mean $50, it doesn't mean a million dollars, it doesn't mean 12% or 80%. It means 10%. The tithe is 10%. So he tells us what to give. He also tells us where to give it, to the storehouse. And so God has set up the local church like a storehouse. Listen, get the visual image inside your mind. What is a storehouse for? It's the place where you go to be fed. All right, and so here's, here's how I would even pull back the whole like background of tithing. Here's really what the background of tithing is, is that we give to God through the church. We give to God through the church. That's the background idea of tithing. So this is important, okay, this is important. Tithing is not, this is what you'd always say, tithing is not um, sending money back to your aunt in Nigeria. Come on, somebody. <laughs> tithing is not supporting a missionary in Japan. Um, tithing is not giving money to the, the TV preacher, right? Why? Those things are great. Those things are offerings, but they're not the tithe. Why? Because the tithe goes into the storehouse. Because here's the problem. You lose your job, you call the TV preacher. And you're like, hey, dude, I've been supporting you for the past 15 years. I need help. He's like, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. The engines in my private jet are on. <laughs> Right now, I can't, I can't hear you right now, right? You call the missionary that you've been supporting, be like, hey man, I hit rough times. Can you give back? Listen, here's the deal. That financial road goes one way. That's a one-way street. Money goes down that road, it does not come back that road when you give into those things. And here's the deal, those things are great, but those things are offering, why? Because God tells us to bring the first 10% into the storehouse because that's where we can get food in the day of famine. That's the idea of the tithe, all right? And listen, this is gonna be a little bit of semantics, but it's important to me. You do not pay your tithe. Please don't say that. You don't pay, I know that's kind of like a cultural thing, but it's a big deal. You don't pay your tithe, why? Because when you pay somebody, you are paying them for services rendered. You don't pay God nothing. 
Come on, you don't give to God as if you're going to get something from God. I'm not paying you for the services that you're gonna give me. No, listen, you bring it to God. You don't even give it to God because listen, it's not yours. The tithe is his, the tithe is holy, it belongs to the Lord, it's not yours. I bring it back to God. That's what you do with the tithe. You bring it back to the storehouse. You give to God through the local church. And I remember hearing this sermon, okay, again, sometime like around 2000, late 99, early 2000. And still, I I can still literally remember this to this day, all these years later. I remember going back to Athens and chewing on it. You ever had a sermon that like didn't leave you, but you wanted it to? I'm saying it would be so much easier if I just totally forgot this as soon as I left here. I went back to Athens and there's a little monkey on my shoulder. Oh, it was an angel. It was an angel monkey on my shoulder. And it was reminding me of the, of the sermon. And I, try, I tried to get out of my mind, but as I'm working, I'm waiting tables. I, I remember I got off, uh, I finished the, the shift. And um, as waiters do, lots of times I had like a fistful of cash. I had like my envelope with, with cash in it. And I remember I went and sat down in my car and I called Summer on my newly acquired cell phone because that was like the year 2000. Um, she had given it to me because she was my sugar mama back then. <laughs> I like that time. Um, and I remember I called her, and all of a sudden, we just start talking about the sermon that we had heard. And just this, this thing came upon me that said, I'm gonna do it. This weekend, I'm gonna start tithing. And to my knowledge, I have never not tithed in the 20 plus years since that moment. And so now I can agree with this. Proverbs 37, 25 says, I was young and now I am older. (laughs) Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. Why? Because God keeps his promises. Come on, somebody. God keeps his promises. So here's the deal. Okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Lots of time in church culture, we get a lot of what, but we don't get very much why. All right, and so here's, the, here's what I'm gonna do. Okay, today, I'm not gonna beat you up with the what of tithing. What I'm gonna do instead is I'm gonna tell you why I tithe, okay? I started tithing because I heard it in a sermon, but I stayed tithing because of what I'm gonna share with you today. Why I started tithing and why I stayed tithing are two different things. So today, I wanna tell you basically four reasons why I tithe. Here's the first one, here's the first one. Why I tithe. I tithe because I see the principle of first throughout the Bible. Everybody say first. 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 Here's the bottom line, okay, is that I tithe because tithing isn't just found in one passage in Malachi. I tithe because there is a principle throughout the entire Bible. I I don't tithe because of one verse, because here's the deal. A lot of people say, hey, tithing is Old Testament law, so we don't do that thing anymore today, and we can find it back to the law. But here's the deal. I'm here today to tell you, tithing is bigger than the law. Tithing is bigger than the Old Testament. Tithing, it becomes part of this thing called the principle of first, which you find from Genesis to Revelation. You find the entire Bible is full of this thing called the principle of first. And here's really, at the end of the day, here's what the principle of first is. God says, if you give me the first, I'll bless the rest. That's the principle of first. If you give me the first, I'll bless the rest. And we can rewind all the way back to the book of Genesis, Genesis 4, which, by the way, is way before the law. 
way before the law is given through Moses. Okay, Genesis 4, we find Cain and Abel. And if you don't remember that part of Sunday school or you didn't grow up in Sunday school, these are the first two brothers, okay? And here's how the story goes. Genesis 4, 3. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some, everybody say some, some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best. Everybody say best. Go on midtown, best. The best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. And the Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. And this made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. And if you know the rest of the story, Cain goes to kill his brother Abel because of this, why? Why? Listen, listen. Because extravagant generosity will always make greedy people angry. Come on, we see this all throughout the Bible. Come on, Judas is always angry, right? Because people are giving to Jesus. People are being extravagant to Jesus. And Judas is always making excuses, but what he really wants is the money in his pocket. So listen, if, if you see somebody being generous and you start judging them in your heart, that doesn't say something about them, that says something about us. Come on, say amen or say oh me. So here's the question. Why did God reject Cain's offering but accept Abel's offering? It's right there in the text. It helps when we make it bold in caps, right? But it's because Cain gave some, Abel brought the best of the first. So why did God reject some offerings but accept other offerings, right? Because Abel gave the first, Cain gave the leftovers. And I'm here today to tell you, listen, I make this as clear as day. God does not want your leftovers. God wants the best of every part of your life. God is not a leftover God. God is a put him first God. Come on. And I want you to notice that is before the law. So I'm, I'm saying this not for like 90% of the room. I'm saying it for the 10%. They're saying like, oh man, tithing's a, a, a law thing. That thing passed away. No, this, they were giving their best and their first because the principle of first existed. Why? Listen, because Abel was not giving his best because Moses put it in the law. Abel was giving his best because God is worthy of his best and God is worthy of his first. And he just said, I can't help but give to God because I wanna give him my first. And then we see Father Abraham. Abraham tithed in Genesis 14, before the law, before the law. And then since this is such an important principle, it becomes part of the law there in Leviticus 27. It becomes part of the law. And then it's affirmed. This principle of first is affirmed. And um, again, in Leviticus, in Deuteronomy, 2 Chronicles, Proverbs. Proverbs 3 says this, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. This is restating Malachi 3 right here. Why? Because if you give God the first, he'll bless the rest. And listen, this, this principle had fallen out of practice 
in, in, the, in the Hebrew people, in the Israeli people. And that's why Malachi comes in so hard there in Malachi 3, because the people have started pulling back from God instead of giving to God. And really in Malachi 3, that whole, you're robbing God, therefore the curse, but if you actually uh, give, I will open up the windows of heaven, that whole thing. What God is actually saying there is, guys, listen, you wonder why your hearts are so far from me? You wonder why you feel so disconnected from me? It's because you're giving me the leftovers and you're keeping the best for yourself. That's not just money, but it includes money. It's your whole life. Your whole life is giving me your leftovers. The leftovers of your time, the leftovers of your love, the leftovers of your money, the leftovers of your marriage, the leftovers of your kids. You're just professionally giving me the leftovers of everything, but I want your best. I want your first. And the problem is this, you think that you're your own provider. You think that you're trying to make yourself your own God because you're afraid what would happen if I give of myself. And so you're actually saying, I'm my God. I'm my own provider. I make a way for myself. And God's inviting them into this way of life that said, listen, if you give me the first, I'll bless the rest. Here's what I want you to understand. They're not the last words of the Old Testament, but they're pretty much, they're right there at the end of the Old Testament. The last words are, if you give me the first, I will bless the rest. And now, there are hundreds of years go by, but really just a few chapters from Malachi there over to Matthew 6. And here's what happens. Jesus comes on the scene, Matthew 6, 33, and he reiterates the principle of first once again. Here's what he said, very familiar first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, if you put first things first, if you seek me first, I'll bless the rest. Context of that verse is this, is that God said, I will meet your needs, but I'm not gonna meet your greeds, all right? But if you put first things first, listen, you won't have to worry about everything. And that's the world that we live in. Everybody's worrying about where the next paycheck's gonna come from. Everybody's worrying about how am I gonna pay my rent? How am I gonna pay off the school debt? How am I gonna do this? How, how, how? And God says, if you put me first, principle of first, then I'll bless the rest. I'll bless the rest. And then Jesus, actually, Matthew 23, 23, he reaffirms the tithe. And then when we get over into the book of Acts, and to the very end, we see this extravagant generosity coming out of God's people, right? Because the tithe, listen, listen, the tithe begins as faith, and it's so important that it becomes law. And then when we get back over to the New Testament, it moves back into the realm of faith once again. This is just the principle of God throughout the entire Bible. So let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. When you get paid, what's the first thing you do? Be careful, be careful. Don't, don't lie in church. Don't lie in church. Because <laughs> some of you are like, I can't tell you because I know what you're about to do. <laughs> right, come on. Do you pay your bills? Pay the mortgage? Pay the credit card company? Go to Nike? Like, what do you, what do, you do? When, you, what's the, when the money touches your hand, what's the first thing you're doing? Now, this is important because the first thing you do with your money tells who your God is. Because I gotta take care of this, I gotta take care of that, and that my credit card company's my God. Come on, the creditors are my God. My school debt is my God, right? And if there's anything left over at the end of the month, I'll give some of that to God. But when the first thing I do with my money is giving it back to God. What I'm actually saying is, God, I trust you 
God, you're my provider. I don't wanna be like Cain who gave the leftovers. I wanna be like Abel who gave the best of my first. Come on, listen, do I wanna be somebody who gives God my best or do I wanna be somebody who gives God the rest? Come on, and when, when we start doing that, listen, this is the power of this. When we start doing that, when we actually start living by this principle of first, what happens is the love of money begins like cracking off of our lives. I see it like this, this, this rock, this stone around our hearts. In fact, A.W. Tozer in his Pursuit of God book, fantastic book, here's what he says. He says, there is within the human heart a tough, fibrous root of fallen life whose nature is to possess, always to possess. It covets things with a deep and fierce passion that there is something about our sinful, unredeemed, hell-bent nature that just wants more. It wants more. I gotta get more. The Joneses have it. I want the newer version of it. These kids have it. I want seven of those. I want more. I want more. I have to possess it. I have to covet it. But as soon as the first thing that we do, instead of our money going to get more and increase our territory and getting more over there and getting more over there, it's the first thing that happens as soon as the money touches our hands is we direct it back up to God. What we're saying is those things are not my God. My greed is not my God. In fact, the throne of my life belongs to Jesus, not to my stuff, not to the things that I want. The first thing that I give to is actually bringing back to God and saying, God, it's all yours anyway. It's all yours anyway. That's why the principle of first is so important. Right, because our hearts follow our treasure. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Right, we would love for our, our treasure to follow our hearts. That's not what God says. He says, actually, our hearts follow our treasure. So wherever your money is, that's the thing that you're gonna start caring about. And if the first thing I do is invest in heavenly things, then my heart follows that. And the love of money starts falling off of me. What we talked about last week, the, the spirit of mammon, right? This, this just spirit that just falls on possessions and things and money. We start breaking free. Listen, the tithe is like a jackhammer on a hardened heart that just wants to build me and my kingdom up bigger and bigger. The, the reason why I tithe, the reason why I tithe is because I don't wanna give God my leftovers. I wanna give him the best of the first. And that's not why I started tithing but that is why I stayed tithing. That's the first reason why I tithe. Second reason why I tithe is this. Second reason why I tithe is this, is I want to position my family for God's blessing. I wanna position my family for God's blessing. Now here's the deal. Some of you are like, whoa, 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 prosperity theology, be careful. You're promising us like Ferraris and Lamborghinis? No, I'm not. Um, God does not promise to meet your need. I mean, your greed, he promises to meet your need. Here, here, and here's the idea, here's the idea, is that I do not give to get but when I give, I do get. This is how it works. It's just how it works. Listen, I am very mindful of the promises of God in the Bible. And too many people don't know God's promises and therefore they never walk in them. Listen, I don't know about you, but if it's God's, I want it. I want it, man. I don't wanna leave it on the table. I want it. If God has promised it, I want it. So here's the deal. Let's reread Malachi 3 that we read a few minutes ago, all right? Um, let's find the promise of God in here, okay? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you, God? In tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. 
Now, what's the instruction? Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this. Pause, pause, pause. We are told all throughout the Bible not to test God. All throughout the Bible. In other words, God says, you know, hey, like, don't jump off a building and quote a scripture. <laughs> God, you promised you would catch me when I fall. So I'm gonna claim that promise, right? You, uh, you'll claim it all the way to your demise, right? God says, don't test me, don't test me, don't test me. In fact, this is the only place that I know of where God says, test me, test me. Why does he do that? Think about it, why does he do that? Because there is so much stuff on money, right? Whenever we start talking about money, we're talking about God's stuff, we're talking about idolatry stuff, we're talking about possessions, we're talking about family, we're talking about bills, we're talking about hopes and dreams. All that is just like the spaghetti bowl, right, of like money. There's just so many things, it's all woven together. And that's why God says, listen, this is the one place I'm telling you to test me. Test me in this thing. And here's what he says. Test me in this. See if I will not, how many of you want this? See if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. How many of you want that? Listen, here's the deal. Tithing is an invitation from God into the blessed life. Here's what tithing is not. Tithing is not giving 10% and then standing back and pointing my finger at heaven, being like, God, you owe me. I did it. I paid my tithe. Now render me services for what I paid. It's your turn to bless me. No, what tithing is, is realizing that God has created a way of life that is blessed. And we don't have to guess what way of life that is. He actually told us the way of life and he gave us a way to be able to step into that rain shower of God's blessings. So listen, I don't give to get, but when I give, I do get. You understand? The, the, the motive of my heart is not to get, but what I wanna do is I wanna step into the blessed way of life. Listen, and I've decided this. I've decided that the best way, the best way, listen, I know especially if you're the primary breadwinner for your house, right? Like I've decided that the best way for me to take care of myself and my family is to tithe. I've decided the best way to take care of me and my house is to step out of the desert of this world into the rain shower of life of the way that God blesses. Does this make sense? Here's what I've decided. Here's what I boil it all down to. I decided that I can do more with 90% and God than 100% by myself. I can, I can do more with 90% of blessed money than 100% of cursed money. 90% of blessed money, 100% of cursed money living in the desert, living in the rain shower. I don't give to get, but listen, when I give, I step into the rain shower of God's blessing, right? This is the way that God has set up. And listen, I'm a blessed man. Why? Because God keeps his promises. 
God's not a man that he should lie. God will do what he said he will do. Listen, and I can't even begin to tell you all the, literally hundreds, I had more people up, up in the lobby after the last service. Hundreds of people have told me their stories over the years of when they stepped into this principle first, when they stepped in, into this way, that God blesses, how the blessing of God came upon their life. Sometimes it was financial, sometimes it was relational, sometimes it was grace on certain areas, whatever that is, the blessed, they just recognize, whoa, this is a grace, this is a blessed way that I have just stepped into. And as long as I have been saved, I have never seen tithing fail. Never. The only, here's, the, here's the only time I've actually seen people who tithe struggle. Two times. One, if you're not actually tithing. <laughs> here's, what, here's, what, here's what we do, right? Like, yeah, I'm a tither. It means I give $5 every other leap year, right? You know, I'm a tither. No, you're actually tithing. And the other time is when we tithe, but then we don't uh, steward the other 90% God's way. We're just extravagant, like just living crazy, right? But here's what I'd say. If today you say, I can't afford to tithe, man, you can't afford not to tithe. Listen, in this upside down world, where everywhere's a desert, everybody's panicking, and the, whole, the whole ceiling's about to collapse on everybody, all oh, everything's about to fall apart, listen, those who are found in God have no worry and have no fear. Because if I put him first, he'll bless the rest. Listen, I know for some of you, if you're, if you're not a Christian, like that sounds foolish to you. Listen, this is the upside down nature of the kingdom. This is what happens. When we trust God, we're a part of a supernatural faith that actually believes I can do more with 90% in God than 100% by myself. And listen, if you don't wanna claim God's blessings, that's on you. But as for me and my house are concerned, We're gonna live in the blessed way of life that God has given us. So that's not why I started tithing. It's one of the reasons why I stayed tithing. Here's the, here's the third reason why I tithe. It's because I really trust our church. I really trust our church. Listen, this isn't why I started tithing, but I'll tell you, it is why I stayed tithing here, all right? Now, here, here's the deal. When it comes to tithing, let, let's just kind of dig beneath the surface a little bit. When it comes to tithing, a lot of people aren't saying, it's not that I don't trust God, I don't trust you, <laughs> right? Because you've been in church cultures that abused money, right? And so it's not that I don't trust God. I don't trust churches because I've seen the jets. I've heard the stories, right? And, and so if I'm giving to God through the local church, the real question is, does this church have the integrity to be good stewards over the resources, over my resources, pulled with everybody else's resources that are coming in? And because giving is about trust. Giving is about trusting God, but also trusting the heart of the house that you belong to, okay? And so here's the deal. I, 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 I understand that when the senior pastor of the church tells you that you can trust the church. <laughs> you're like, conflict of interest. Um, take it with a grain of salt. I understand that. But here, here's, the, here's the deal. I said it a second ago. Um, Summer and I have been here since 99, um, maybe late 98, somewhere in there. Um, we, we became leaders in 02, came on staff in 05. We were pastoring Hamilton Mill since 2010, senior pastors here since 2020. Um, I've been in every room. I, I've, I've seen behind the curtain. Okay, I, I've, I've seen the decision-making processes. Do we always get it right? Nobody does. But what I can tell you is this. I trust this house. I would not be here if I didn't trust this house. 
there is no victory helicopter. <laughs> Even though it would be awesome if we had one, I would love to fly that up and down the interstate when everybody's stuck in traffic. Um, we don't live behind a gate. Um, I've been in the decision-making processes um, where, we're, where we're saying like, hey, we could either do this or we could do this. And what it came down to is like, we gotta be better stewards over the resources that have been trusted to us. And so instead of doing this, we're gonna shift that over there. Um, every year, our, our goal, and we've done it every year, is to give 20% of what comes in out into missions around the world. And so over the life of the church, we're right at $80 million has gone out around the world. Um, Every year we do this Christmas gift to the world, right? And I know sometimes you're like, I give, I hope it happened, right? But I've actually been able to be on the ground. Like I've gone to Ethiopia, I've gone to um, Nicaragua, I've gone to India. I, I've seen the wells that we've dug. I, I've, I've actually visited the orphanages. I've been to the children pediatric clinics. I, I've seen the hospitals. I've, I've, I've actually talked to the missionaries who are still on the field because we gave. I've actually met people who are physically and spiritually alive because we gave. I've been to the, to the place in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, where the rescued sex trafficking victims are now graduating the job program that we set up in the brothel that we bought, turned it into a church. And now these ladies are getting married and starting families and generational blessing is coming down. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've had the conversations. And listen, I tithe because the world needs to know the good news that God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever believes in him will never perish but have everlasting life. That Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world. He came into the world because the world was already condemned. He came into the world to save the world. And the world needs to know that. And victory's about that life. <laughs> and that's not why I started tithing, but that is why I stayed tithing to this house. Here's the fourth reason. Here's the last reason. Well, there's many more, but here's the, here's the last reason I'll talk about why I tithe. Is that I want to show a thankful heart to God. See, here's what's so special about tithing. Tithing requires calculation. Because it's not five bucks. It's not 50 bucks, it's not a billion dollars, it's 10%. And that's the beauty of tithing, is that it's equal for everyone, right? It doesn't favor one group over another group, it's 10%. And so what I have to do to calculate my tithe, listen, think about it. I have to sit down and I have to look at my blessings. I have to look at my financial blessings. This is what's so special about the tithe. The tithe forces you to look at how much you've been blessed. And I say, I'm gonna take this 10%, the first, and I'm gonna give it to God through the church. And let me say, let me say this, okay, let me say this, is you tithe to wherever your storehouse is. So let me just pause for a second. Some of you are watching this months from now on YouTube. Some of you are online in other states and other countries and you already have a home church. Tie there, tie there. That's your storehouse. That's where you get fed. If you belong to Victory, then this is your storehouse. This is where you tie. But tithing is not a salvation issue and a lot of people mess this up. They think, well, if I tithe, God will finally love me. 
no, 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 no. I don't tithe to get God to love me. Listen, I give because God already loves me. It's an expression of my gratitude back to him. Don't, don't twist it, don't twist it. Listen, this isn't law, this is grace. This is gratitude, this is faith. I don't have to tithe, I get to tithe. I get to give my first. I get to free my heart from the love of money and I get to say thank you. I'm glad to give because I have been so extraordinarily given to already. And in the system that God sets up, when it, when, it, when it was in that law, he says something really strategic because here's the deal. Especially in those early days, the Hebrew people didn't have like a monetary system. Everything was, was ranching, everything was farming, right? And so what he does, he actually tells them, hey, farmers, take the firstborn animal and sacrifice it. So this is, this is like real deal, you know what I'm saying? This isn't five bucks. This is like you're, you're in or you're out. You don't partially kill something, all right? You're, you're all the way in. Give your first, give your best. And he says this, don't miss this, Exodus 13, 14. Here's what he says. In days to come, when your son asks you, what does this mean? Say to him with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And I want you to imagine just for a second, the rancher, right? Who has his, his flock of animals, his herd of animals. He's in the business of making money. And his son comes to him one day and says, hey dad, um, I've noticed something. That whenever one of our animals has their first baby, you, I don't know how better to say this, you kill it and you say you're sacrificing it to God. Now, I'm not sure if you know how this works, Dad, but we're trying to make money, and this is cutting into our profits because we actually sacrificed 100 animals last year. Why did we do that? And God says, in that day, when your son comes to you and asks you why you give, you tell him this. And the father would look at the son and say, son, our people weren't always in the ranching business. We didn't own animals. We didn't own any land. In fact, somebody owned us. We were slaves. But God, with his mighty right hand, set us free. He saved us. He delivered us. He gave us everything we have now. So we will gladly give God our first and we will gladly give God our best as our way of saying thank you. Thank you. So listen, mom and dad, when your kids come to you and they say, why do we give so much to the church? Because my friends have this and they live in that sort of a house and they drive that sort of a car and they go to that sort of places for a vacation and they do these things on the weekend and I want what they have. Dad, mom, why do we keep giving money to the church? Because if we didn't give, we could have so much more stuff. In that day, mom and dad, this is your response. First off, we're not giving to the church. 
we're giving to God through the church. But here's what I need you to know. I wasn't always a good man. I used to be in slavery to a lot of dark things. But God set me free. He delivered me from evil. He saved my soul. He has blessed me with everything I have, including you, son. And so I will gladly return back to him. Everything that I have is my first and my best is my way of saying thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, thank you, God. 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 (laughs) I am not who I will be, but thank God I am not who I was. And he has given me every good gift that I have. And I don't know why you tithe, but that's why I tithe. That's why I tithe. Because there is a principle of first from, from cover to cover that there is a blessed way of life that God has established. But I trust this house and I want my whole life to say thank you. And listen, as I have entered into that life and I can look back now 20 plus years, as I have entered into that life, the best way I know how to describe it is like a closed flower <laughs> that begins to open up in the morning sunshine. I look back in my life and I see the transformation that God did on the inside of me from, from, from greedy to progressively more and more generous. And I am not where I wanna be, but praise God, I am not where I was. His nature is getting on the inside of me. And here's the deal. Here's, here's what I love being able to say. It is, it's not hard for me to tithe now because I tithe when I had nothing. If you tithe when you have nothing, it's a lot easier to tithe when you start having some, right? And so some people, don't, don't let this beat you up. There's no better time than the present. And so yes, I do give more than the 10%, but that's called the offering, right? But it starts here at this principle of first. And so let me say this. Some of you, some of you online or part of other churches, you need to do the math and you need to go back and invest, bring it into the storehouse, right? Your home church. If you're part of Hamilton Mill, Midtown, Norcross, this is your family right here then you need to go home and you need to do the calculations. You need to do it. Pause, look at how much you're blessed and then turn around and bring it back and say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. And that is a faith step. That's a faith step, okay? So let's do this here across all of our campuses. Let's bow our heads. Let's take it to the Lord in prayer. God, thank you for your love. It is always your kindness that leads us to change lives. And so here's what what I know, God. You're calling us to make a commitment to put you first. Not to put our bills first, the credit cards first, our wants and desires first, but to actually put you first because whatever we put first will, will order the rest. 
and our heart follows our treasure. And here's the deal, maybe, maybe you're in here, you've never tithed before, maybe you thought you were tithing, <laughs> but you were really just giving God the leftovers. Maybe you called it tithing, but it was really just giving God whatever I had left after I had given to everything else. Or maybe you have been giving God 10%, but you were giving it like it was yours to give. And your heart now believes that he owes you something. Today, here's what we all have to do. We all have to make this commitment to put him first and to do it from a faith-filled, grateful disposition. God, you are first. You are a first God. And I wanna give you my best, not the rest. I don't wanna give you the leftovers of any place of my life. I wanna give you my first and wanna give you my best. So Father, I pray for us. God, I pray for us across all our campuses right now. God, give us the strength. Because some of us are gonna need to go back and have conversations. Some of us are gonna need to go back and open up Excel spreadsheets and budgets. And here's, here's what I know. Jesus tells the, the, the parable of the sower, right? And what happens to the seed. And we, we learn there that the enemy loves to quickly steal what God has done. So we need to do this today. We need to do this today. We need to act quickly to rescue our hearts from the pull of this world, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desire for other things so they don't come in and choke out the word of God in our life. God, we wanna live whole lives, wholly devoted, wholehearted to you. It's this thank you for the extravagant generosity that you've showed us. God, help us to break free from the love of money, from the spirit of mammon, and you did say, wherever a treasure is, there a heart will be also. God, we wanna have hearts that care about what you care about. God, save us from ourselves. Save us from our lesser loves that are so weak based on possessions and accumulation. God, today, we make this corporate decision to put you first. And let's do this, let's do this. Hamilton Mill, Midtown, online, here, here in this space right here. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord. Here's what this is. Open hands, right? Open hands, not clenched fists, not holding close to the chest. This is actually saying, God, I have open hands. I'm not holding anything back. And here's our prayer, God. God, we give you our first. We give you our best. God, rescue us from the love of money, rescue us from the accumulation of things, rescue us from the lust and the passions of this world, Lo rescue us from wanting more and more and more, rescue us from covetousness. And God, we turn from our broken paths and our broken ways and we put you back on the throne of our lives. You're first and you're best and may our whole lives be one big Thank you, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. God bless you.